Neil Kirby, lovely check. Kirby, 1-0. Another one plucked from the top draw from Frank Kirby. Welcome to another episode of Fran Kirby's Fight Club. Uh, these are some of my favorite episodes to do. We are talking after a massive Chelsea win. Didn't look all that certain at the beginning, but definitely got there. But anyway, I'm Andre Carlisle. Mariam is moving, doing some things, so not able to join me. But I am here with Chloe to help talk about the game, react to it, because um, you may not have, you may have heard London is blue. Chloe, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great, especially after that win. <laughs> it was an awesome win. You know what? We might as well just get straight into it. Uh, before we do that, real quick, Chloe Wright is a writer for the CFCW Social. You can find a lot of content there. Definitely follow the CFCW Social as well. Uh, but yeah, let's get straight into it. We Before the match, actually, let me let me ask you two questions. Before the match, how were you feeling? And then from that feeling, how did it change after you saw the lineup? Um, I think I was quite nervous to start off with because these big games, you never know which way it's going to go. I know sometimes we sort of start, start on the slow and st- start to get into it. Line up, it didn't really change. I was still nervous. <laughs> Although, you know, I'm always amazed when I see the lineup, but how, how the quality of, you know, players we've got throughout the whole squad. I mean, the subs bench could even be its own little team. They're that good. Yeah, I actually, I'm jumping ahead, but one of the funniest things that I, I noted was when we took off Sam Kerr and put on Pernilla Harder, I was like, what team can do that? Uh, it's amazing sometimes. It was so great. But I, I mentioned it because, you know, we, we know that Fran Kirby, as we as we have to say, get well soon, get better soon. Hopefully they figure out what's going on um, with the fatigue that she's been experiencing, but also kind of is a little bit of a treat to have her following along kind of as a fan, as one of us. That's always uh, a fun thing. And I love seeing every time her tweets pop up on the timeline during the match. I love it. Um, But, you know, during the match, it was also that there was no Magda Erickson. There was no Pernilla Harder. I know we've done this 3-5-2 before, and it seems to be working quite well. But without those either of those players, I got a little bit more nervous. I'm not going to lie. I was I was ready for the game, and then I saw the lineup, and I wasn't, like, scared, but I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah, I think Emma likes to throw in some surprises now and then. You have to sort of kind of go along with it and hope it works. I mean, <laughs> I know sort of at the start, Arsenal seemed to sort of dominate quite a bit, which was, yeah, that was worrying, sort of heart and, heart and mouth stuff, but I think there might have been a possibly a switch. I think we went from three five two to three four three, mm-hmm. and that's when we started to get more into the game, and it clearly worked. Yeah, it definitely worked. You mentioned that early part of the game, and it was it was like I felt really nervous only because like we couldn't get on the ball at all. You know, we just had to punt the ball along and hope that Sam Kerr could do something, and that just wasn't working because they were able to keep two defenders back and. Obviously, when you do something like that, the margin for error, like you have to be perfect in order you have to play the perfect ball and make the perfect run and then have the perfect control and then have a perfect shot. And it's just like all of those things, it, it really limits and being able to happen. You can't can't say that it can never happen because Sam Kerr is Sam Kerr and we have some terrific passers of the ball on the team. But 
it was like, if that's our only route, this is pretty bad. And Arsenal was dominating the ball. What were your like true feelings during that? Did you feel like a goal was inevitable and we're going to have to bounce back? Or were you like, as long as we keep them out, it'll be our turn at some point? I think the latter, but at first I was like, oh no, they're going to score, they're going to score. Because there was, there was one opportunity I thought, oh no, they're going to score. And then they didn't. I was like, oh, okay. Okay, we could do something here, maybe. <laughs> Possibly. But yeah, I'll be honest. I think, in a way, that sort of, for both teams, that sort of summed up the whole season in the game. That Arsenal started dominating sort of early on in the, in the league. And then they kind of sort of crumbled away. And we've sort of started a bit slow. And then sort of taken the lead late on so weird sort of metaphor for a whole season really you know I hadn't thought of that because I was just I was very like tunnel vision on this but uh you're right that is actually kind of funny the way that that went because you know Arsenal were flying at the beginning of the season and it was looking like they were gonna you know beat us to the title they had a couple slip-ups and we kept kept kind of kept trudging along Stayed close, stayed close, and now we're on top of the table. So I think that metaphor works out perfectly. Wow, look at that. Yeah, it was weird how I, I think, yeah, I was just watching it and then thinking about that after. I was like, hold on, that's that's both of our seasons in a game, which is yeah, how it works out. And I mean, yeah, they, they did sort of dominate early on in the season, and now they're looking like potentially no trophies for the third season running. Yeah, they basically, what, only have the league left now, and we're on top of the table. We went out, of course, or they'd end up dropping points. Then we collect the the league title for the third consecutive season and fourth time in the past five years, I believe. So, uh, yeah, it is absolutely looking like that Arsenal resurgence early in the season has definitely faded. Um I guess a quick question to focus on them real quick. I want to get to the goals and talk about how fun those were. But before I do that, I just want to want to want to ask you about Arsenal, because to me, it seemed like they had their best 40 minutes of play versus Chelsea that they've had. Um, It was one like, like we just mentioned, like both of us were like nervous during that stretch. Like, okay, what is going to happen Nothing ended up happening, not even a shot on target. And we'll talk about how the game ended with zero shots on target later. But you look at that and you're just wondering, like, from my perspective, it seemed like Arsenal threw everything at Chelsea that they had, all the movement, all the passing, you know, uh, sequences, you know, all of the things that they had getting into the spaces. And then once it didn't work, they kind of deflated. Is that what you saw? Or did you see something different more so on a Chelsea side where we changed things to put them under pressure? Or both? Yeah, yeah I think I'd probably say the same. I think, I'm trying to think which way it was, it's like I think about the 40th minute was where you saw, you know, cracks start to happen where it was Leah Williamson. She, did, she was in, obviously, her own box and just sort of switched off and we almost scored from, from that chance. And I think that was... Yeah, they just went all guns blazing for the first 40 and just suddenly started switching off. So, yeah. Yeah, it was it was definitely had that, had that weird feel to it where it was like, you know, once once we especially that late like flurry in the second half, it almost felt like we were going to steal a goal and after them them dominating for the vast majority of that half, we were going to go into halftime 1-0. I think I even tweeted like Arsenal survived to get to 0-0. Because things changed so much in the final minutes of that half that it was like, particularly in stoppage time, I think we had so many chances at the end, had a couple corners that we could have gotten something from, a couple shots. I think Sam Kerr had a pretty heavy touch um, as well that that would have been probably a goal, 
uh, if she's able to get the ball under control and get a shot away right then. So it was just weird to kind of see them put in so much effort and then kind of freeze like, okay, that didn't work. Now what do we do? Yeah, I think that's definitely true. I think we, yeah, they took, I think they sort of started out like, let's get a goal, let's go for it, try something. But then it didn't work out. Whereas we're just like, let's get a foothold in the game and then go from there and see what we can do. And I think that ultimately worked for us. Yeah, you mentioned the the switch to a three four three about to give them a bit to give us a bit more width and to give them a little bit more to worry about along their back line, and I think that worked really well. Um, what were some other things that you saw that worked to kind of help change how the match went? Because obviously Arsenal deflated, but then Chelsea still had to get on top and then still had to be be able to create chances and score from those chances. Hmm. I'm not really too sure much else, but I did notice that our goals seemed to be when they Arsenal seem to be ho- sort of holding off a bit, which is never a good idea. Because <laughs> obviously we have both goals are sort of not too far out, but decent amount out. I mean, G's one was quite the goal, sort of top mm-hmm. ends. But yeah, both of them seem to be sort of, Arsenal seemed to hold off defending, didn't put us under pressure. We just went, okay, we're just going to shoot from here. and it And it worked. That's one of those funny things where you look at all the chances that Arsenal had and could have had, particularly in the first 40 minutes, and they don't score. And it's almost like it's as much as I, you know, the metaphor for the way the seasons went, I think this is also like a metaphor for the mentality of how the teams are. Whereas Chelsea will say, there's a number of different ways we can put the ball in the back of the net. Like we don't have to do these passing moves where it's a, it's a simple tap in. We like to do that. We like to be able to play beautiful and get the ball, you know, zipping around the box and in and out and between players. We love to be able to do that. But if that's not available, we have other ways of getting the ball in the net, whether that's through set pieces or whether that's through just putting our foot through the ball from 30 yards out or just outside the box and doing it. And uh, it seemed like I think uh, Miedema had a shot like that in the first half, but didn't really do what was that in the first half? I can't even remember. Yeah, that was. Yeah, so it seemed like that was a a chance at like, okay, just try it. It was quite close, um, but wasn't actually, you know, it was probably what, um, about a foot high, uh, something like that. It was a a decent shot, but then they kind of stopped doing that, whereas Chelsea's like, we can score from here, no problem. Mm. I know there's been times before when we've sort of almost tried to walk it into the box and into the goal, which frustrates me so much when there's, you know, if there's an opportunity to shoot it from distance, just go for it, rather than trying to pass, pass, pass it in. And then, yeah, so it, being able to have that sort of knowledge to go, okay, there's an opportunity there, I'm just going to hit it and hope that it goes in, rather than going, I've got to do this, this and this to get there and then pass it to whoever to shoot, yeah. And like you said, it also seemed like Arsenal was unaware of that aspect of Chelsea. And I I, I guess it's it's also, you know, I hate to really, I don't, I Honestly, because we're not ever with teams enough, you know, especially like opposition teams, I don't I don't write about them frequent as frequently as I write about or pay attention to Chelsea in terms of interviews and everything else. So I always feel a little bit, you know, wary of talking about mentality, but it almost seemed like you could just see the the mental shift in the way that things went. When Chelsea got on top, it was we can get the ball in the back of the net. Whereas when when Arsenal were on top, they were just frustrated. And a lot of that honestly had to do with Chelsea's defending which I want to talk about after we talk about the goals because I think there are some massive massive performances to call out but just 
you know, go just real quick, staying with the goals, it just really seemed like Arsenal, for whatever reason, their back line just kept backing up into their own box, particularly for Guro's goal. It's like, do you guys not understand what her left foot is capable of? Yeah, that, that's pretty much true. Yeah, I don't know why they do it, but yeah. Um, going back to the mentality thing, I think that's been an issue for them for a while. I think, I can't remember what it was, but I tweeted out about, there was a clip where Liam Williamson was talking to a team out of hers and just seems like she's angry about something, just ha- having a rant or whatever. And even then I was like, hold on, mentality is not good. They seem to be not not cohesive, really. Whereas you see all the videos that get put out on social media about Chelsea and we're always together. I mean, even not just on the official account, but various players' account, there seems to be just quite a cohesive team, great team spirit, whereas Arsenal is just, I don't know, there's something missing. And I think there's also partly down to the manager. He, I, I can't can't make sense of you in a state of He comes with some weird analogies or whatever. So I don't know. There just doesn't seem to be sort of that sort of mentality, that team mentality in Arsenal, which we do have. And which you sort of need when you're going to go sort of further into these finals and winning trophies. So, yeah. Yeah, you, I mean, I tweeted it, but you look at Chelsea versus Arsenal in the league, because of the way that the pandemic has changed the calendars, you know, we've had the FA Cup, last season's FA Cup final during this season, so in December. So we've had two cup, uh, two FA Cup games against them during this season, which is unfortunate, one a final, one a semifinal. Um, then we've also had, of course, our two regular league matches against them. We're one loss and one draw in the league, even though that loss, I will still say, and I will always say, caveat that with Beth Mead's winning goal was offside. It was. Yeah. Okay. It just was. <laughs> and also, I don't think we were quite with it. I mean, we don't start the season yeah. anyway, but we were just not with it that day. And we we almost got something from it, but yeah, it wasn't our day. <laughs> Yeah, we and we should we we should have if not only because of the offside goal, but I think there were some other chances and just some other you know lapses. It was our first time you know in in real like competition um, playing in that back three uh, that we were trying. Players were coming back from the Olympic break, so the lineup was not what you would expect from a like fully fit you know Chelsea eleven. So. There are a lot of excuses. I don't want to rehash that. But in the league, we haven't gotten a win. It was a, a draw and a loss. Um, but you look at in the FA Cup, both the final and the semifinal, very different performances. I never like it was. I remember watching the final in on, on the 5th of December when we played Arsenal. And that was just one of those games where Chelsea were just so dominant it was so obvious there were moments in that game for stretches where it looked like Arsenal was terrified to pass the ball forward and so when that match ended with them having zero shots on goal I was like yeah that makes sense when this match ended and I kept seeing tweets about zero shots on goal I was like that can't be true because the because the first 40 minutes just felt like so different and then I look at it and I was like wow so in cup competition through 180 minutes plus Arsenal have still yet to register a single shot on target against Chelsea. Yeah, I I can't quite believe that either. Um, yeah, I think I did sort of a double take with the stats. I was like, hold on, they dominated for quite a bit, yet didn't have a shot on target. What? <laughs> but yeah, baffling. But we won it, so there we go. 
<laughs> exactly. Um, I, but I guess this is now one of the like the the perfect time to talk about the defense because it was. You said we were definitely under pressure um, early in the match and, and in the first half, and some of it was you know good defending. Some of it was Arsenal not taking their chances, but the combination of those things ended up be creating a very frustrating evening for them or afternoon, I suppose, for them with ending with zero shots on target, only five shots total. Uh, that was another thing. Like even though the shots on target thing can be a little misleading. Because as as you mentioned, you can if you remember the performance from the FA Cup final and this performance, one is clearly Chelsea dominating. The other one is, you know, a bit of of Arsenal not taking their chances and being, you know, missing the target. But also some of it was, you know, Chelsea's defending. But then you also look at it and you say only five shots. Mm. That's a low number for 40 minutes of domination in a, in a semifinal against a rival. So I don't like I was alarmed to see both of those numbers and I think you really have to give credit to the defense so who from I'll put you on the spot right now who on the defense and you can you can you can name a couple players I won't force you to name one but who on the defense do you think deserves a massive spotlight hmm. I'm gonna say but I'm all, I'm always impressed with Millie Bright I mean <laughs> she's just a powerhouse in defense really like she she will put her body on the line always and yeah I think she did pretty well today so yeah Millie Bright I think and in general defense yeah we were a bit shaky at the start but then they they do seem to get into it and it was just quite cohesive yeah I I think definitely Millie Bright I think she's had one of her best seasons for Chelsea this season she has been immense at the back she you know we we do know that every now and then she can pop up with a with a pretty crucial mistake you know either she charges out and misses the ball or something like that but we haven't seen those. She's been very, very solid uh, at the back and very aware of danger and being able to boot the ball out. You know, I made a joke that I love, like one thing Millie does that I really, really love as when is when a team thinks that they're playing like really good football and combining well, they roll the ball just a little bit too far and Millie can get to it first and she just boots it into the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things because <laughs> it's just like enough of that. She's quite physically imposing as well. I'd be terrified to play so. <laughs> Right. Yeah. She, she's, she's, a, she's definitely a presence on the pitch. And I love that. I also loved Jess Carter. Yeah. Um, oh, her yeah. versus Beth Mead was so important. I think Mead is just one of those players who's so active, so difficult to like, to be able to mark and to track for, for a full game. She's just so energetic and reckless to a degree. <laughs> we saw she got a yellow card for a challenge on Jess Carter, where she basically just kicked her in the ankle with her foot already in the air and you know Carter had won the ball so but me kind of does those things she's one of those players who's just everywhere it's like just super hyper hyperactive on the pitch mm. but you look at you know Jess Carter and the way that she played her very physical but but very fair and she made herself very very difficult to beat she understand one thing I really love about Jess Carter's 1v1 defending it's not just that She's able to keep players in front of her, but even if they do manage to get get her off balance or use their acceleration to either get level or close, she still has something else that she can do. Like she had that incredible tackle where she wrapped around and poked the ball forward just a little bit to keep her off off balance in the first half when she was attacking. Uh, that was in the box. She mistimed that tackle. That's a clear penalty, and she didn't. It was perfect. So, like, I just really want to shout out Jess Carter because it was. 
we needed it in some really crucial moments and she delivered. Yeah, yeah, she's had a bit of a sort of bad rep sort of end of last season, I think it was, and mm-hmm. sort of been a bit part, but then she's really, really coming to her own and I think she's, she's had a season she can be proud of, really, and today today's match showed that. Also, uh, Nowen, I think she got player of the mm. match in this one. Is that is that a, a true thing that I just said? I believe that's the uh, case. I'm um, not or sure. did she get nominated for that? They they may have not announced that just yet. It probably feels a little too early for I that. I think to I saw happen. something about Zinsberger might have been Arsenal's pick, but I don't know. Oh, that. Which that does that doesn't make sense. Why she'd be player of the match? But there we go. <laughs> Oh no, she she was just on the she was on the poll. So I my bad. We'll see who wins. Right now, I just I just voted. Uh, looks like G's in the lead by a lot. So not surprised. <laughs> not surprised. Exactly. Not not surprised at all. But uh, but now and I thought I thought there were this was this was probably a bit of a mixed bag performance from her because there are some moments where she got up a bit too high, got caught a bit too high, got rounded a couple times, but then she seemed to settle down and was you know, more reading and reacting to danger instead of kind of in a in a bit of a panic or getting caught kind of in one of those, you know, where the ball is bouncing or the ball's in the air and she gets caught underneath it and get, kind of gives away positioning. Uh, we saw a couple of those early, but then she really settled. And I think she's done a very good job overall, particularly with Magda Erickson being out for a stretch of stepping in. And obviously it's, you can't replicate Magda Erickson's performances one-to-one, but I think she's done a very good job of making sure the standard didn't dip and the defense overall has really looked solid. I think we saw in the league, what, there's some crazy record of seven, was it seven home games with a clean sheet in a row, I believe, um, if I remember that correctly from the last time from before the international break. But yeah, the defense have been great. And I think uh, now one's been a big part of that. Yeah, yeah, that, that stat is probably correct. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, she's doing well. She's she's settled in quite well. I mean, it when you get a new sign, you're not sure how well they're going to settle in, whether they're going to sort of hit the ground running or take a while to get it going. I mean, Sam Kerr took sort of came halfway through the season and took a little while to get going, but once she got going, she was on it and still is on it. So yeah, she's she's done well to settle in. Yeah, so I, I I needed to look this up because I don't like saying wrong things on the podcast. Uh, so I wanted, I want I looked up Chelsea's schedule just to make sure I was being correct. And you can honestly throw out the home uh, home and away aspect of it, even though Chelsea has um, given up just one goal, I believe, in the league against West Ham. I think West Ham scored were the only goal scorers so far this calendar year against Chelsea in the league. Everyone else has come away with zero, whether that's home or away. Mm, that's that's quite impressive. I think also tied into that, I know we're not doing well, we're out of the Champions League, but last season's winners, Barcelona, we're doing better than them in terms of goals conceded, which is a weird thing. But yeah, to be doing better than sort of Europe's best is quite something. Unfortunately, wish we were in Champions League, but you know. Yeah. Can't help that at the moment. <laughs> but yeah, good to see we're doing pretty well with sort of goals conceded. That's been one of the frustrating things all season is that when you look at our numbers, just when you look at the pure like counting numbers from as like pure goals for and goals against, things like that. And then when you also look at, you know, XG for and XG against, like we are dominating, <clears throat> we are dominating so thoroughly 
that it's just like, it's frustrating that we've had to go through this to get to the top of the table because honestly, the league hasn't really been as close as this when you look at what, you know, should have happened, you know, in terms of expect, and I know expected goals don't necessarily mean you're, you're like, should score that number of goals. But one thing Chelsea really is, is clinical. And we talked about it earlier, where if we can't get the ball into the net one way, we have another way to do it. If we can't do it those two ways, we have a third, fourth, and fifth. Like we have a number of attacking players who can do outrageous things. And it's just been some very unfortunate results, like the Reading game certainly stands out, you know, being able to not being able to get the win over um, Brighton. So like that, there are some games that stand out, some performances. And without those, you're looking at just a one point lead at the top of the table. But that is frustrating because you look at Chelsea, got most goals scored in the league, least against only seven, only seven against all season. That's an outrageous number. Yeah. And Brighton, they always seem to be our bogey team. Some yes. reason or other, they're always our bogey team, which, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'll never understand. I mean, shout out to Hope Powell, because I think she's a very, very good coach. But it's also like some weekends I'm, I get excited because I'm like, all right, you know, Hope Powell, you know, she knows how to set up a team against like top competition. They do it against us. I'm like, all right, they're playing Arsenal or they're playing City or they're playing, you know, a big, a big team, a team that's like close to us or a rival. And I'm like, all right, you know, this is where they're going to slip up. And then they don't have the same struggle. So I think I'm starting to feel like it might be personal for Brighton and Hope, pal. I don't know what it is about just Chelsea, but they they definitely play us much differently than they play everyone else. Yeah, it does seem to sort of be a personal, personal thing sometimes. It feels like it. But yeah, there's it's something they just work out about us. And then, then you sort of support them to go against sort of our rivals and they don't do so well. You're like, what? How, how, does, how does that make sense? Right. It's like I'm counting on you. Like if you're going to take points off of us, take points off of other people as well. But uh, but let, let's get back to the semifinal. I want to um, before we wrap up talking about it, because it was a, it was a great win. Uh, it was really, really fun. Towards, you know, the, the second half in particular was absolutely, you know, just massive from Chelsea. The two goals were great. You mentioned G's goal. And have an opportunity to talk about that. I know we talked about Guru's goal, but I want you to talk about G's goal because I think that one was your favorite goal, correct? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, she was she was in the box, and then oof, there was sort of defender pressure, but then she just had that bit of space and just hit it, and it was top bins, and it was just one of those goals. You're like, okay, that's that's G, that's G all over. Yeah, it was. One of my favorite type of goals, and and I always paid, I probably paid too much attention on like the ball reaction, like the what what happens after the ball goes into the net, um, just because I think like the the whole process of scoring a goal is just so fascinating and like somewhat artistic to me, so I pay attention to a lot of that. And anytime you can get a ball a ball to just like smash into the net from with the, from the underside of the bar, it just makes it look so much more emphatic. And I think that like that to me, just obviously you still have to play the rest of the game, right? But to me, it just felt like a period. It felt like we're ending the like we're winning this match, period. When you have a goal that goes in like that, mm. I think that was like an hour in as well. And I just yeah. thought that's it, game over. We're going to Wembley. So. Yeah. yeah, definitely. That's exactly what it felt. It felt like that's it. You could ref could have blown the blown the final whistle. We we saw the African Cup of Nations. That one ref who just blew the game over with like five minutes left. Oh to play. yeah, it's like they could have just done that in this game. Just like it, it was over after that. Like Arsenal was not coming back 
And they didn't. In fact, as we mentioned, they didn't even register a shot on target. So uh, can't really score a goal if you can't get a shot on target. Uh, simple, simple way, simple things that could happen, simple ways to break down football. Um, we have to, because in the spirit of Miriam not being here and how she tortures me with predictions. And anytime I get to host, I get to torture someone else with predictions. Um, we're going to look ahead to Manchester City, who beat West Ham, I believe it was 4-1, to get into the final. It's going to be at Wembley. We are in another FA Cup final of the same season, which just, thanks to COVID, just sounds outrageous and is an outrageous thing for a team to have to do. Uh, win, a, win a trophy in December, defend it in May. Sure, all right, no problem. Um, but what do you anticipate in that city final? Hmm. Well, considering how the Comte Cup final went, we're going to be out for revenge. And hmm, I'm going to go for 3-1 Chelsea. Ooh, I like it. I like yeah. it. Um, Low-key, 3-1 was my prediction for this game versus Arsenal. I did a little like Q&A with some Arsenal, uh, an Arsenal blog, and you know they asked me what my prediction was, and I don't think they appreciated it no. <laughs> that I said 3-1. No. But I was like, I mean, I felt like Pernilla Hart is back. We've kind of figured out midfield. We still have deficiencies you know, in wide defensive areas, but the back three has helped us be able to at least manage those. And I just think that, Arsenal's best performance um, was at the beginning of the season. They've been shaky since. They, We know how to hurt them. And I will admit, in the first half, I was like, that was a terrible prediction. <laughs> I'm going to look like an idiot. Uh, but then Chelsea scored two, could have had three. The only, the, In fact, the only questionable thing was giving Arsenal one, because clearly they, weren't, <laughs> they were never going to score if they could never get a shot on target. No. But yeah, I think... Their best game against us was sort of start of the season. But that was, I think that might have been just down to us not being fully with it. Whereas they were just like, we're, we're going to get the win early on the season at home in front of, you know, the Emirates crowd. They they wanted it. And then, yeah, they've just sort of crumbled from there. Whereas we've just gone on the up. Yeah, I, I'm, I won't leave you hanging with predictions. I'm going to go with 2-1. I actually think City will probably score first and everybody's going to get excited about, ooh, you know, City's going to win a trophy. And then second half, things are going to change. So I'm I'm thinking 2-1, a little bit more stressful than what today was or, or the second half of what today was. Uh, but I'm going with Chelsea lifting the trophy. Um, and, and let's go ahead and real quick, even though I don't like talking about it because I don't want to jinx anything because we do have some intense matches coming up. I mean, we we talked about we're on top of the table, but we either need Arsenal to drop points to make us uh, make it a little more comfortable for us, or we need to just win out. We do have the tougher road. We have two games against Spurs and a game against uh, Manchester United as well. Do you think we win the league? Yeah, I think we do. I think we do. We've got the mentality now that, you know, just win, win each game as, as we go along. Not really focus too much on what Arsenal are doing, just focus on what we're doing. I mean, the final day, that's going to be <laughs> yeah. that's going to be quite the game because I know United are always up for it against us. But yeah, I think we're going to win the league. It pro- it will probably be sort of like a flashback to 2015 where it was sort of final day. We have to win this game, but we were sort of in control. So it's going to be something like that. But yeah, I think we'll win the league with that po- sort of point ahead. Oh, I was going to ask if that's what, so so you believe Arsenal's going to win out and we're going to win out and we're just going to keep that one point advantage? Yeah, pretty much. 
I could definitely see that. I, I, I honestly think that match versus Aston Villa, where Sam Kerr got that 92nd minute winner, I think that meant so much to the team because that was a match where it could have all crumbled like that. It could have been out of our reach um, with getting just a draw, getting one point from that match. But getting that kind of let the team know, like, as long as we have a second to play, we can score a goal in a second and get yeah. three points and get out of there. So I'm I'm looking forward to the end of the season. Going to be plenty more nerve wracking times. Yeah. But for now, we get to celebrate. We beat Arsenal in the FA Cup in a semifinal at their own home. They were in front of Alex Scott and didn't didn't register a single shot on target. That's embarrassing. Uh, Chloe, thank you so much for joining me. Is there anything that you want to say before we get out of here? Um, no, just just thank you for having me on this sort of being my first time. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for saying yes. And uh, we hope y'all enjoy the podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review. It helps other people find the podcast and helps others, you know, spread the word about this team so that we can get more support. Because whether no matter where you are, I want you watching and tweeting, or I want you going to Kings Meadow, going to the games, going to the away games as well. This is another thing. Real quick, though, I know I'm like in the process of my outro, but I really want to give a shout out to the Chelsea Women's uh, Supporters Group because that game, you know, obviously I could only watch on TV being in the States, but that game, like on TV, you could only hear the Chelsea fans. And it didn't matter what stage of the game it was. When Arsenal was dominating, I heard Chelsea fans. When Chelsea scored, obviously you hear Chelsea fans. During the end of the match, you hear nothing but Chelsea fans, obviously. Arsenal fans were a little sad. But I just think that support goes so far. And I just want to give them a massive shout out because they're always there supporting the team. And I absolutely adore the Fran Kirby chant. Yeah, 14th minute ch- chant. That was, gr- that was great to hear. Yeah, it was beautiful. So yeah, again, thank you so much. Appreciate the supporters. Appreciate the listeners. Thank y'all. And Chelsea is in another final, another big win against Arsenal. London is blue. And Chloe, what does Aaron Cuthbert always tell us? London is blue. We're not painting a red, we're painting a blue. <laughs>